Well, what a weekend it has been. So before the Vikings take on the Bears at Soldier Field tonight, we got to talk about Bashad Breeland, the playoff picture, all sorts of stuff. So stick with me here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL, and the show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You may notice that the show sounds a little different today. It's going to be like that all week. I'm on the road. I'm on my travel mic and stuff. It's a little bit of a, a gorilla setup. So apologies if that bothers you. Also, if you're a YouTube watcher that has found the show because you couldn't find it on YouTube, so you found the audio version. Uh, yeah, that's not, that's correct. Uh, I don't have my video set up, so we're going to be just audio. We're going, we're kicking it old school on an iPad, gorilla style here. Uh, like when I first took over the show, kind of nostalgic, if you ask me. Uh, but today we got to talk about the Bashad Breeland thing. We got to talk about playoff position. I do want to talk a little bit about the Bears defense as much as I can get in, but headlines first. Holy crap, Bashad Breeland got cut. Uh, what? <laughs> that was really surprising. On Saturday, um, it, the Vikings just sort of surprised announced that he was released. Bashad Breland tweeted just wow, which could mean a million things. And then like a few minutes later, they announced that he had been released, just straight cut. Uh, that was pretty crazy. And then details started to pour out as to the circumstances surrounding that. Um, as it turns out, some of this comes from the way Bashad Breland himself told the story. He did an interview with USA Today where he kind of said his piece and, um, some of this also comes from just like reporting around, but basically here's how it went. Bashad Breland was not going in with the first team as often as he wanted to. It sounds like they were rotating him, which is pretty interesting. Uh, that's also like kind of a buried lead here that he was maybe on his way to getting benched anyways. And honestly, after the Thursday night game where Cameron Dantzler and Chris Boyd totally outplayed him, it, in spite of the, the interception that Breland got in that game, Breland was really poor at the end of the game when the collapse was really on. And um, he might not have been at full health. He was throwing up on the sideline, so maybe he was sick. Maybe that's not his fault, but there had obviously been a buildup of some tension here. Um, so he was rotating, and he wasn't happy with that, and that came to a head in a team meeting with a coach. It wasn't Mike Zimmer. It was probably Carl Scott, the D-backs coach. But with a coach, uh, there was a little bit of uh, animosity, I guess. That conversation did not go particularly well. So... Uh, after that meeting was true practice. And apparently at some point in that practice, um, Bashad Breland took his cleats off and went in to go get his workout cleats. He took his practice cleats off and he went to get his workout cleats, which to me kind of reads as like a rebellious move of like, well, if you're not going to play me, I'm just going to work out. So screw you. Um, and that, that sort of, um, screw you kind of move obviously isn't going to sit well with coaches, right? That's a little bit, that's close to like insubordination. You're not doing, you're not even doing the drills the coaches are asking you to do. Um, so obviously this is a, a lot of anger boiling over here. And then the way Breland says it, uh, a player came up. We don't know who this player is. We know Dalvin Cook and Sheldon Richardson, among other players were involved, but Breland doesn't name who specifically had this interaction with him that, uh, kind of said, Hey, what's up breezy. Um, and Breland gave him a little nod and he said, Oh, what? That's all I get. Um, as if to say like, you know, all you said was a nod to say hi to me. What about 
you know, and, and I, I don't know if that was joking or not or whatever, but then apparently Bashad Breeland sort of squared up with him and trash talk turned into real fighting. And at that point, there was a big old scrum and Rick Spielman himself had to get in and help break it up. The coaches were trying to break it up. It was this really big, ugly situation. Uh, Spielman took Breland up into his office to talk more about it. And then the, that conversation apparently did not go very well because Breland was released kind of on the spot. So there's a bunch of things here. A lot of people say, well, he was bad. Of course he got cut, but he wasn't the sixth worst corner on the league, uh, on the team. I mean, he was better than like Harrison Hand. Or whoever else, you know, is like who is at the bottom of the roster here. He was better than those guys. Um, and even if you thought, like, if you th think he's bad and he should have been benched for Dantzler or Boyd, it's there, you have an argument. Um, but th you bench that guy, you don't cut him. It's not really a saving money thing. I think they save like 200 gay against the cap for four games. That's peanuts. That's nothing. Uh, it's not really worth sapping your depth in an already depleted unit um, for that long. And. And so it like it has to be more, right? And it's not about fighting at camp, fighting in practice. Players fight in practice. It's a fairly normal occurrence. You don't get through a training camp without a scrum or two. Um, you know, fighting in practice doesn't get you cut. But I think the combination of Breland's social media antics, with which had gotten the team in trouble before, um, and I think just a general kind of attitude thing, and he's had problems like that before. And I think really for me, the the kicker is not participating in practice. And in in a sort of pouting move, not participating in practice. Now, I have a little bit of mixed feelings here. Because to me, if a player is acting out, your duty as a leader is to manage that situation, not just to cut the guy. Now, a lot of stuff had led up to this, and maybe this was the last straw, right? And I, I can probably respect that decision. I wasn't there. I don't know all the details. I don't know all the context and stuff. So far be it for me to, like, actually cast that judgment. But in a general sense, if a player is acting out, it's your job as a leader, and if you can't, uh, salvage that situation such that the player has to get cut, in a way, that is a failure as a leader, in like a super, super generalized sense. Obviously, some context could come out that totally exonerates everything on either side, and we would have to respect that. Um, but also, I can sympathize with losing your cool a little bit. To me, that's not the worst thing in the world a person can do. And you can come back later, apologize, say I lost my head, mistakes get made. I get it. It's not great. It's not good behavior. It's not particularly mature. Um, but I understand at least. And uh, people do a lot worse things than get angry and hurl an insult in the world. Uh, but in an NFL locker room setting, in an NFL hierarchy, you got to listen to the coaches. The second you're insubordinate, you kind of got to go. Uh, that That's the way it is. I mean, emotion can be a good thing. You want fire. You want fury. I can take that. Right. That's I want that a little bit on my team. But when it comes to you are not participating in the structure the coaches have set out, you're not listening to the coach's instruction. It has to. Be, and I mean, football is rooted in military. A lot of the traditions and forms that and shapes that football takes things like as integral integral to the game is like huddling or, um, you know, the week of preparation followed by a few hours of intense action followed by another week of preparation. That's all very military, and when the powers that be, you know, the people back in the 1900s, a lot of these guys were like World War I vets that came back after World War I and kind of shaped the game as we know it today, or World War II vets in the 50s shaped the game as we know it today. All I'm saying is football is rooted in a lot of military tradition, like literal military tradition, and also hierarchy. And I mean, if you imagine, if and anybody in here that's a veteran can attest to this, you if you just brazenly do not listen to your superior's orders, 
you're going to get a write-up, you're going to get in trouble, you're going to get all sorts of stuff, right? Um, and football teams technically have the same way. This is all to say, agree or disagree with the coach, you've got to listen to that guy. And if you don't, the whole operation falls apart. And that's, I think, why Bashad Breeland had to go. So let's flip the script a little bit. Let's talk about the Bears. Let's talk about the playoff picture, where the Vikings are at, where the Bears are at, because that also evolved over the weekend. Um, but first, you're listening to this show, hopefully for the power of knowledge, or a little little leg up on your competition watching the Vikings. Be a little smarter about it, right? And you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money, because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone, so you can listen to all the latest episodes, and the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line, so your family can harness all that brain power, too. You get the power of one of America's largest 5G networks, so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. And with all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage are not available everywhere for all phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Thank you all once again for making Locked on Vikings your first listen of the day. Let's talk about the Bears a little bit specifically let's talk about the Bears defense and we'll do a little bit of playoff picture wrap-up stuff in a little bit as well but first uh so the Bears are going through it (laughs) It, it's been this way for a couple of a couple of episodes now we've already talked about how all three of their coordinators as of this recording which is very late on Sunday night uh are on the COVID reserve list so so they won't have like Bill Lazor they won't have uh Sean Desai they won't have um their special teams coordinator so those will all be backups by the way Offensive coordinator for the Bears looks like, unless they are activated on Monday before the game, looks like it's going to be John D. Filippo. So that'll be a fun revenge game thing. Which the fact that he's the passing coordinator in Chicago, by the way, makes a lot of sense in <laughs> not a very good way. But on defense, two more get added, and somebody came, Eddie Goldman came off of the COVID IR list, so Eddie Goldman will be good to play, but Jalen Johnson and Tashawn Gibson will not be. They were placed on the COVID-19 IR list on Sunday. So they will absolutely not be able to play. And they, the Bears might get some players back on Monday, but they're going to be very, very depleted. Now, they did have all of their players. They were dealing with a different illness, too. There was like a flu outbreak on top of all this. Like, it's a, it's a horrible situation. Uh, but all of those players are the, the, the illness players. The non-COVID illness players are back. Um, but they are still missing. I think they're up to... 13 now on COVID-19 IR as of this recording. Um, you can correct me on that if I'm wrong. They are, there are a lot of players missing. And that means that there is going to have to be a schematic reason for the Vikings to not move the ball here. Now, this is a soldier field game, and the Vikings offense is having its own set of problems too. Now, they get Christian Derrissaw back, and it sounds like they're going to put Ole Udo onto the bench. They're not going to move him back to right guard and then have a competition at center or anything like that anymore. It sounds like the interior that played so well at Pittsburgh or against Pittsburgh is going to be the interior now. You're going to have Christian Derrissaw, Cleveland next to him, Bradbury, Cole, O'Neal. That's your O-line. On the D-line, there are, I mean, they'll, they'll have Eddie Goldman, and I believe Bilal Nichols will be playing in this game. And, of course, the, the major player is Akeem Hicks. That's really the last bastion of defense of, of like the old 2018 division winning bears defense that was so fearsome no khalil mack no jalen johnson now who's their best corner obviously all the corners from then are gone um no Tashawn gibson eddie jackson i don't know if he's going to be able to play or not it's a very depleted unit 
And so when you're up against a depleted unit that is a lot of backups, a lot, I mean, they've got practice squad call-ups that might be starting. Um, it is a really depleted situation. And when you're up against a depleted situation like that, but there's one good player in the middle, there's a lot of things you can do about that. Here's my concern. And here's what I think. If, if, we're, if we're coming back tomorrow and we're talking about why the Vikings lost this game, here's one possible theory for something I could be talking about, and I don't want the Vikings to do this, but I can see them doing this, is that they will attack that issue where, look, they got a nose tackle and nobody else by throwing like a bunch of tunnel screens and smoke screens and quick throws out to the sideline to get Akeem Hicks out of the play, um, and then it becomes you know Justin Jefferson versus a corner trying to make him break a tackle. And that's all well and good, but if that's a staple, that's sort of an attempt for a lot of the scheme to do the heavy lifting. So as scary as Akeem Hicks is, if I were to recommend something, if I were in the room, uh, I'm going to get that on a t-shirt because that's like my, been my motto for this whole entire year. If I were in the room recommending something, I would recommend that we play the most straight up football we possibly can. Our players on the whole are better than theirs. Now, yeah, you got Akeem Hicks. He might line up at zero tech head up over Garrett Bradbury and you got a strength disadvantage there. Don't run a dive right at that. Then Run a toss, run or just outside zone uh, away from him, you know, a run, run a uh, quick slant play or they, I think they call it dragon or, you know, run, shoot, run some verticals, run some go routes, double team Akeem Hicks, straight drop back. Don't worry about play action or anything and throw some intermediate concepts. Don't try to do bootleg stuff. The Bears are good against bootlegs. I think the Vikings will feel like they are so threatened by one there is one player that's so head and shoulders above the rest of the players that the vikings will be uh enticed to get cute to get rid of that player and then therefore all the players are bad but if they get cute they give all the bad players a chance to make plays that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to make because then they won't have to beat anybody to make the play they have to read the play to make the play and in some cases some bad players can't beat anybody but they can read a play they can see what's going on. Now, I don't know enough about the Bears' deep, deep, deep depths to know if that's that kind of thing or if that's even a bad idea or whatever. I just don't want to see the Vikings get too cute on this one. Um, and if they do, I could see us saying, man, they just lost a game 10 to 16 on Monday Night Football. It was so sloppy. And a big reason would be that they're running these cutesy rehearsed, uh, you know, tunnel screens and quick game stuff and making it so the offensive line doesn't have to pass block. It would be a scared way to approach the game. The Vikings have approached a lot of games scared this year. Um, and I just I just don't want to see that. I think you've got Justin Jefferson. I think K.J. Osborne's better than any corner they can field now that Jalen Johnson's around or not around. Um, I think you can double team Akeem Hicks and everybody else can single up. And uh, I think you can just drop back and beat these guys. So I was, if I were in the room, I would say... Let's just go be better than them. And if we get outplayed, we get outplayed. But we ain't getting outplayed by these guys. But we could outscheme ourselves. And I just want to avoid that pitfall. I still want to talk about the playoff position. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about a good, a good old gramble. I got owned uh, on this weekend. I saw the, the Lions were up 24-6 to on the Cardinals at halftime. And I thought... Cardinals are going to stage a comeback here. I, th I thought the collapse would come. I didn't know. I didn't bet on like the Cardinals money line or anything like that. I took them plus six. I said Cardinals plus six. Can they get within like a touchdown of this? And I said, yeah, I think they get a couple second half touchdowns, make a game out of it. And they totally didn't, right? They fell apart. Um, I didn't catch most of that game. I have no idea what happened. I'm actually looking forward to watching it. But uh, I, I got what I deserve. I bet against the Lions and I lost. The Lions are a very good team against the spread, though. Like they cover. Uh, so, you know, good teams win, great teams cover. If you want to join me, you can go to betonline.ag. 
You can enter promo code locked on L O C K E D O N to get a fifty percent welcome bonus. You can bet on football, uh, college football as well, like bowl season, hockey, tennis, uh, whatever you like, even your favorite Vegas casino games, MMA fights, whatever Jake Paul is up to. You can find it all at betonline.ag. Promo code locked on for your fifty percent welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. Let me also talk to you about Built Bar. It's a perfect stocking stuffer because it's delicious. It tastes like a candy bar. Indistinguishable at times from a modern candy bar, especially their Built Puffs that are like marshmallowy. But it's not just like a big giant hit of sugar. It's low in sugar, low fat, low calorie, low carb, and it's chock full of a bunch of awesome protein. So it works after a workout. It works as a late night snack. It's a cheat day without having a cheat day. So head on over to Built Bar or Built.com. And you can enter promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you can get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all one word, at built.com. So let's talk a little bit about the playoff picture. I will resist all urges to talk about the AFC playoff picture, which is fascinating. But in the NFC, there's kind of two things that I guess we should worry about. One is uh, the, obviously, you know, the, the wild card positioning and stuff, but the other one is also... Who gets the one seed? Who are the divisional winners? Who are they going to end up playing here? And that's really interesting. Right now, as it stands, the Packers are a game out in front of everybody. And then the uh, Cardinals, Buccaneers, and Cowboys are all within a game of the Packers. So that one seed is going to be decided probably in the next three weeks. That uh, is, is a very interesting thing. The Vikings don't play any of those teams coming up, thank goodness. But they do have the Bears twice. Well, they play the Packers once. I was wrong. Wow. Just totally forgot there was a Packers game. Nice. Uh, nice on-the-fly travel podcasting moment. Uh, okay, yeah, so Bears twice, Packers and the Rams, right? So they, uh, so the Vikings still have a chance to kind of play spoiler for the Packers, too, even if things go totally haywire here against Chicago and then uh, Los Angeles. But again, and the Rams are also in that wildcard position. But in that wildcard position where we stand right now, the Saints won on Sunday night. They go up to 7-7. Seven and seven. The 49ers won. They go up to 8-6. and six. And the Rams are fairly out of reach. So the Vikings have to win, and they need a little bit of help to get into position, playoff position on Monday night, um, or on Tuesday night, because of all the games that got switched for, for COVID reasons. By the way, the Bears asked the NFL to uh, switch their game because of COVID reasons, because they're that depleted. But it seems like the NFL won't do it because of roster depth issues. They're going to do it if you are an active, have an active breakout and you're a danger to the team across from you, which I guess the NFL doesn't think the Bears are. I don't know if I necessarily agree, but that's the judgment, uh, at least as of this recording. Who knows what happens tomorrow morning or whatever. Um, but as it stands, there's this, again, this logjam at, at six and seven of teams that haven't played yet because Philly and Washington play each other on Tuesday and they're both six and seven. If Philly wins that game and the Vikings win their game, and that would mean Saints, Eagles, Vikings, all at seven and seven, the Vikings win that tiebreaker. So they would be in playoff position. All of this is Fairly irrelevant, though, because uh, the Vikings are have four games left. And what happens in those four games is going to go a lot further toward determining what playoff position uh, or, you know, where the Vikings are if they get close to playoff position than like the help they would need around them. So essentially, let me uh, put it to you this way. Uh, PFF Moo, who does a lot of data stuff for PFF, put out like a playoff probability thing that said, you know, here's your rooting guide for each team. You go to your team's column and and here's what result you need and the playoff probability impact that it has on your team. Um, uh, by his calculations, the Vikings beating the Bears would increase their playoff odds by 30%. There's 30% playoff probability on the line on Monday night. Huge game. 
the next biggest result that would matter for the Vikings would have been New Orleans beating Tampa Bay or uh, losing to Tampa Bay on Sunday night football, which would have increased the, the Vikings playoff chances by 4%. 30% if you win your own game, 4% for everybody else. So I don't think we're scoreboard watching just yet. There's too many teams around. Somebody's going to surge. Somebody's going to fall off. We don't really know who that is. And I don't frankly care until we're in like the last couple of games and it's a more simplistic situation. Hey, we need this game to go our way, and we win ours, and we're in the playoffs. Then we really can pay attention to it, but I'm not scoreboard watching quite yet. Here's what I'm watching. I want the Vikings, not only do I want the Vikings to win, I, I do think the Vikings need to win this game convincingly, right? Like, they have to. The Bears, I, I was not a big fan of the Bears going into the season, and now they are at no strength. They don't have their play caller, and by the way, the Bears offense under Bill Lazor, once Nagy gave up play calling duties to Bill Lazor, improved dramatically. So now Nagy's going to call the plays, or worse, John Filippo. Justin Fields is still having his rookie struggles, right? Like, he has been poor this season. Maybe he's got a brighter future or whatever. We can talk about that in the offseason. But right now, as an opponent today, he's been poor, and the Vikings should be able to take advantage of that. They should be able to scheme up a lot of blitzes, utilize the protection issues that we talked about on Friday, and make them confused on the offensive line. You can get a lot of unblocked sacks. The Vikings should be able to stymie that offense. They should not, Justin Fields shouldn't run for 200 on them, right? Maybe he'll scramble and he'll get his that way. But we we can't have, you know, these contested catch losses. We can't have guys wide open streaking down the middle of the field on a post route because the safety didn't know what his job was. We, we can't have that kind of stuff and let Darnell Mooney have the game of his life. Last year, the last time the Vikings played the Bears, it was in week 15 of the 2020 season the Vikings lost 33 to 30 at there 33 27 maybe was the final score there and the Vikings gave David Montgomery his career high game you can't let that happen you can't let it be that easy for him this time and on the other side of the ball they are so depleted I don't want to see the Vikings throw two yard passes all day and punt a lot and go three and out a ton of times and end up scoring 16 points the Vikings need to figure out what's wrong with them and they just cut a corner trying to do that they need to figure out what is holding them back so that a 29-point lead can dissipate and turn into a game so that they can you know, collapse at the end of the game and let Jared Goff beat them without contesting anything Jared Goff tried to do. They need to figure out what's wrong there, and they're out of time. They need to do it, and they basically need to win out um, to have like a, a comfortable position in the playoffs. And then they need to go be war- road warriors. There is a lot of work in front of them to do. It is a mountain to climb, and you're not going to climb that mountain unless you figure your BS out. So that's what I want to see from the Vikings in this game. FYI, I'm going to be in the stands, uh, weather permitting and all that. Uh, I will be at Soldier Field watching this game, so hopefully you'll be able to see a little bit bit of content from Chicago. So I'm excited to bring you that. In the meantime, I mean, look, we'll see you on the other side, man. We'll talk tomorrow about what happened in this game, and then we'll you know start looking forward to the Rams a little bit. I don't know what the posting schedule will be here for the holiday uh, week. I'm definitely not going to shirk any Christmas stuff to record a podcast. I'm going to be with my family, and you should too, Um, although Christmas falls kind of conveniently on the weekend. So I'm going to leave that open-ended for now, but hopefully I can still get the the daily shows out. I will see you all tomorrow. In the meantime, check out the Locked On Bets podcast. They'll get your grambles straight. Uh, I'll see you all tomorrow for the recap. And as always, skull.